America so desperately wants to erase its racist past. It's trying to take it out of the textbooks. It's trying to take it out of the curriculums. It's trying to erase it out of the minds and the hearts of America's school children and college students. But for many African Americans, they can't, you just can't erase something like that. Because Amer- African Americans, by and large, have been harmed, by and large, by white people. And in particular, fragile white women who believe the racist, bigoted stereotype of black men being sexual savages. That's the rumor that's been told by whites all over the world, and they've used that as their means of trying to destroy and eliminate black families and black manhood in particular. Taking the case of this week of a man by the name of Anthony Broadwater, who is now breathing a sigh of relief, crying tears of joy, because now a monkey has been finally taken off his back. This week, a New York court exonerated Broadwater for the 1981 rape of then-college student and now-author Alice Seabold. Alice Seabold accused Broadwater of raping her when he she was a college student in 1981. Yet when this man was arrested and was put into a police lineup, she couldn't identify Seabold. She couldn't identify Broadwater in a police lineup. She couldn't. She couldn't identify Broadwater in 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 a, in a police lineup. Nevertheless. They took took it to court, and based off of faulty evidence and her and her words, he was charged and was convicted of the rape. Her rape was sentenced to sixteen years in prison. Was released, had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Well, this week, that monkey is no longer on his back because that the convictions was vacated, and now a sixty-one year old. Broadwater has to now can try to live his life without that horrifying monkey on his back. I'm reminded of a Vlad TV post by a comedian actor, Eddie Griffin. And I remember most of that video, most of that interview, but one part of that interview stuck out to me and still sticks out to me. He says, America wants to put an asterisk behind every black person, no matter who you are. It don't matter if you're a rapper or a singer or uh, or an athlete or whatever. America wants to stick that asterisk behind you. He was a great fill-in-the-blank, but... And we can name names all day long of people who had that asterisk put behind their name. Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, now R. Kelly. Names go on and on and on and on. 
that's been America's MO for quite some time. Americans always want to denigrate and destroy the black man. They used him and abused him as a slave. Then when they finally reluctantly released us. But then here's the thing that makes this case the more horrifying. After the man goes to prison, she tries to make money off of it by writing two books. She wrote a book called Lucky that talked about the rape, even though that the man that she accused of it didn't do it. Then she had another video of Moo Book try to do called The Lovely Bones to talk about another rape. Not only did she falsely accuse a man of raping her, she then tried to make profits off of it. But isn't that the M.O.? That's been the M.O. of black and of white people for years. They've wanted to make, they've always tried to make profit off of our demise. It's been going on for centuries. It's been going on for decades. Because America's standard of purity and beauty and excellence has always been the white woman. Their standard of purity, their standard of excellence, their standard of all that is good and godly and righteous in the world is white women. And I can prove it to you because in 1915, D.W. Griffith made a film called Birth of a Nation, which was endorsed by Woodrow Wilson, of all people, probably one of the most racist presidents of our time, of that time period, well, of course, until Trump came in the picture. But anyway, um, the point I'm trying to make is that they basically stereotyped black men as sexual, as ignorant sexual deviants who had to be treated like and put down like dogs. And how many cases over the years since that movie came out? How many black men have been beaten, bludgeoned, castrated, and literally had their lives destroyed by the false, ridiculous accusations of fragile white women like this, like Miss Seabold? Well, this week also, Alice Bold apologized to Broadwater for accusing him of the rape. And, you know, Broadwater accepted her apology. Now, I am... Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we as blacks should hold grudges against anybody. Because that doesn't profit us at all. Holding a grudge doesn't profit us at all. But here's what I am going to say. If the best that you can do is I'm sorry, and I want you to understand that I'm sorry is not going to give back those years he's lost. Broadwater lost 16 years of his life. Broadwater got out, had to register as a sex offender. And that's a whole nother can of worms in itself. Having to deal with the stigma of of going to registration. I don't know how it is in in New York State, but pretty much in other states, you have to give them everything about you. You have to tell them who you are. 
You have to give them your addresses. You have to give them everything about you. There is no, you have no secrets. You have no privacy. Everything is exposed and open before anybody wants to know about you. They want to know where you work at, where you stay at, which is kind of hard because most places won't allow you to stay there if you have a sex offense on your record. His whole life was turned upside down, and the best that she could offer is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But how many other black men were whose lives were destroyed based upon the lies of white women? I can name cases in the case. Of course, we know about the George Stinney case in 1944. In 1944, 14-year-old George Stinney from uh, South Carolina was accused of raping two white girls, a not, raping and murdering two white girls, a 9-year-old and a 12-year-old. The 12-year-old was, was like 40 to 50 pounds heavier than, than Stinney was, yet it, they believed that an 89-pound kid soaking wet killed two white girls and raped them. And the boy who had a third-grade education confessed to it. The boy was put, in, was put in jail, was not allowed to see his parents, was put in front, in front of a kangaroo court, basically, all-white, all-male jury, he, and basically... His defense attorney did nothing more than to perpetrate the, uh, the uh, prosecution. It took them less than two hours to convict the young and, and Stinney become the youngest person in American history to be executed through the electric chair. He was dead that ne- by the next day. Seventy years later, they found out it was a white dude that killed them. The white man confessed in, in his deathbed that he killed two those two young girls. Stinney had nothing to do with it. Um... Stinney would have been 85 years old, would have been almost 90 years old today if he were alive. How about another case? There was another uh, young man that was murdered, and I want to say it was also in in South Carolina. A young man um, was accused of raping a 14-year-old girl. The 14-year-old girl lied to her parents and told them this black dude raped her. They put him in jail. There was a mob that beat him, and the very next day he was killed. Turned out the girl lied. What was the reason why she lied and said that she was raped? Was because her his sisters wore better clothes than she did. And she didn't like that too much. So she lied. Or how about the case of the Groveland four? In the 1950s, a young a black black man had property. That was next to this white couple. Well, the white couple wanted that property. The black people refused to sell it to him. So, guess what? The white woman cried rape. That man and three other people were arrested for the rape. They were beaten. They were blunt. And two of them died. Two of them were killed by the hands of a white mob. Two others were mur- two others served nearly 20 years in prison behind it. They were released in the seventies. All but one, all of all four of the men are dead now. Two, two, at least two made it to old age. I think one died in nineteen eighty something. The other one died in two thousand. So the, 
but all four were eventually exonerated of the crime. And let's not, lest we forget, let's not forget about Emmett Till. Oh, let's not forget Emmett Till. Because his, his accuser is still alive today. 80-something, you're 80-something. Still living. She lied and said the man, that the boy Wolf whistled at her, tried to flirt with her. They went and grabbed him, beat him, blunted him, castrated him, beat him within an inch of his life, then threw him in the Tallahatchie River. She left and saw 14-year-old handsome young men. What she got back from her uncles and stuff in Mississippi was an old, beat-up, destroyed, wasn't even... And this woman, unrepentant, and I say unrepentant because she still holds her racist views, bluntly told on TV that Emmett Till had nothing, did not do anything to deserve death. So what Miss Seabold did, it's nothing new. White women been doing this for years. White folks been making accusations like this for years to destroy black people. And it's all coming out in the woodworks that these were all fabricated lies. Because a lot of times jealousy, a lot of times envy, a lot of times just sheer hatred. And I'm just saying, for us as black men, and I know that we have to forgive, that we need to be forgiving. But my thing is simply this. If you truly are sorry for what you've done, if you truly are repentant for what you've done, then you need to show the world that you number one of you changed. There needs to just to be more than just a pat apology. That's what I'm saying. A pat apology is not going to cut it. You got to come with better than a pat apology. I'm sorry. There has to be more than just a I'm sorry. There has to be something more. You have to be able to say, look, I'm going to do what I have to do to ensure that no other person's happened to that this happens to no other person, no other black man, no other brown man, no other man, period. I'm going to think about what I say before I say it. I'm going to think about the consequences of my actions before I take these actions. Well, turns out Netflix did that for her already because she was trying to make do a movie based off of, off of what happened to Broadwater. Well, the executive producer was taken off of it because he saw discrepancies in, in not only in her statements, but in what she wrote. He was fired from the, from the production company. He went on ahead and hired a private investigator to do, and that's how the case, the case started rolling and how Broadwater, Broadwater's conviction was overturned. Because there were holes in her statements. There were whole, what she wrote in the book and what she said on the the two didn't mesh. Then she comes out, just comes clean, and once all of it comes out, then she comes clean and explains 
she was never that the person who raped her is still out there. Broadwater was not the one that did it. How many other black men have had their lives ruined by the accusations of white women? How many black men have had their lives ruined by the accusations of white children? How many how many people, period, have been affected by lies and fabrications? There needs to be more than I'm sorry. There needs to be more. There has to be more. This man was a former Marine, ended up getting dishonorably discharged behind it. Was dishonorably discharged by the Marines. They need to they once they now that he's been they need to go ahead and reinstate him in the Marines. Give him his full retirement, give him his full discharge with full benefits. That will help this man better than what he's going through now. Because she doesn't realize what her lies have cost this man. It ain't cost her anything. It's cost him everything. She ain't really had to pay a price yet. He's had to pay the ultimate price. He had to go do the humiliation of having to go register every year or every six months. He has to go do the humiliation of working penny ante jobs and ain't the dead end jobs because that's all he can get with a criminal history. He has to stay with relatives and stay with friends and has to stay at hotels and have to stay in shelters because apartment complexes won't accept him. That's the humiliation he has to go through. She ain't had to go through none of that. But here's my challenge to Miss Seabold. Okay? Since you lied on this man, and since you've made money off of this man's demise, if you are truly sorry for what you've done to this man, what you should do is break them off some of them dividends. Two words ain't enough, sweetheart. This man is suffering. This man has suffering emotionally. This man is suffering physically. This man is suffering in every possible way. I'm sorry he's not going to cut it. I'm sorry it's not going to reinstate them years he's lost in the penitentiary. I'm sorry it's not going to help him get better jobs. I mean, granted, now he can get better jobs and go different places without that conviction, but that stigma still lingers with this man. If you truly are sorry for what you've done to Anthony Broadwater, what you should do is open up your checkbook and be generous when you do so. Break him off some of them dividends you made off them books. Give him some money to help him him and his family get on his way. He's 61 years old. What you should do is try to compensate him for those years he's lost. That's what you should do. If you truly are repentant of what you've done, you need to make amends. And making amends ain't just saying, I'm sorry. Making amends is you go to this man and you help him and get him back on his feet and get this man started on his way. If you want, if you're willing to do that, then we can prove your apology genuine by the acts you do. If you will not willing to do that, you can keep your apology. Your apology ain't helping me. 
I mean, I'm not saying it don't work. I'm not saying that I'm not saying she shouldn't apologize. God forbid, I'm not saying she shouldn't apologize. But prove your repentance by something by by act of work. Don't just leave it with a pat apology. If you truly trying to be a hundred with it, 99 and a half ain't going to cut it. You know, help this man out. This man done lost years of his life. He lost time. He lost reputation. He lost credibility and dignity. You and you think an apology, you think saying, just saying, I'm sorry, is going to put it all the pieces back together again. Okay. That's me. If that were me, the way I would say it, you know, and locking her up ain't going to do it either. No, that's not going to help it either. Don't just lock, don't lock her up. She need to prove her, her repentance by, by showing this man how genuinely sorry she is. Now she's willing to do that because she made profit off of this book. Off of both of these books. Almost made profit off a movie. But she definitely made profit off the books because she's a well-known author. If she's truly, truly sorry for what she's done, then what she needs to do is go to Mr. Broadwater and she needs to tell him that I want to help you get back on your feet. I want to help you build your life again. I destroyed your life. The least that I could do is rebuild, help you to rebuild it. The least that I could do is to help you have a life that's worth living again, to give you some dignity, to give you some closure. I want to be able to help you. If you're willing to do that, then hey, I accept your apology. All day long. If you're willing to do that, then I'm willing, then I'll say, hey, apology accepted. But I'm willing to see, and I'm willing to give her the time to say, hey, you know, well, let's just see what this woman does. Is she just going to leave it at an apology? Or is she really going to prove that she's changed? Only time will tell. But again, how many other black men's lives have been destroyed by accusations like this? The names and the, the faces go on and on and on and on throughout history. Because again, in America's eyes, the standard and virtue of America has always been the standard of purity, the standard of virtue, the standard of excellence has always been the white woman, the fragile white woman. We need to get rid of the stereotypes. We need to hold these liars accountable for their lies. We need to hold them accountable for their accusations. We need to hold them accountable. Because when you open your lips to make an accusation against someone, you have to understand something. Understand. A gun can't, a gun can't harm nobody as long as that gun is on safety. 
A bow and arrow can't kill nobody as long as the arrows are in the quiver. As long as that's place, gun can't harm nothing. But as soon as you take that gun off safety, as soon as you put that bow in the... As soon as you take an arrow out of the quiver and you you pull that string back, as soon as you pull that trigger, that projectile is going somewhere. It may not go to the target you intended it to go to, but it's going somewhere and you can't stop it. And a lot of times, innocent bystanders get hit with collateral damage. Because once you pull that trigger, once you release that bow, that projectile's going somewhere. It's the same with your words. Your words are just like bullets in a gun. Your words are just like arrows in a quiver. As long as you keep your mouth shut, you can't harm nobody with your words. But the moment you open your mouth and you say words out of anger, when you say words out of spite, when you say words out of despair, when you say words out of fear, it's the same as those bullets. It's the same as those arrows in that quiver. They're going somewhere. And you say things out of anger, and you say things out of frustration, and you say things out of despair, you can't come back and say, I'm sorry. Well, you can but the damage has already been done. And how many thousands of black men have had their entire lives, black families, period, have had their lives turned completely upside down because of the words of fragile white women. George Stinney, Emmett Till, the Groveland Four, Anthony Broadwater, Bill Cosby, the list goes on and on and on and on. There has to be accountability somewhere. There has to be a reckoning somewhere. If that reckoning's not in this life, it will be in the life to come because I do believe in a resurrection. I do believe that we're going to stand before God and we're going to give account for every word, every thought, and every deed that we do. And you can't call your cousins or your homeboys to help you. You can't get no, you can't uh, get no high dollar attorney to represent you. It's just going to be you and your maker. What you going to say then? You want to face the music. It's not going to sound too pretty. Again, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok at a kid named Rugrat. Follow me on Twitter. And who is Rugrat? I'm going to quit playing around and try to get the website going. Who is Rugrat.net? I am going to get it rolling because you need to get the true content. For real. Anyway, y'all have a blessed week, hump week. Have a blessed rest of the week. Big Mel, who is Rugrat? I'm out.